Fuel is the official podcast of the 434th Air Refueling Wing. Join us for airman connections, leadership insights, mentorship, and happenings mixed with some fun and humor. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any person or business is ever intended. Welcome to the Fuel Podcast, Episode 3. So we've uh, introduced Colonel Pemberton in Episode 1. Episode 2, we talked to Sergeant Roscoe, and today we've got another great uh, guest with us, with uh, Seamram and Mitchell. She's going to tell us what she's up to. Um, But first, we're going to talk to Colonel Pemberton again. Some of you may be noticing in the news or around that uh, there's been a few budget uh, shortfalls, and so Colonel Pemberton's going to give us a quick wing update to that. And then we'll jump right in with uh, Seymour Airman Mitchell and talk about uh, the July UTA. All right, so let's get this started. Uh, first up is we're going to talk to your very own, the, the 434th Wing Commander, uh, Colonel Pemberton. So once again, here with us today, we have Colonel Pemberton. And, and I wanted to bring Colonel Pemberton in. And, and sir, uh, always thanks for taking time out of your schedule and, and, and to spend with us. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to address, because I know that as our airmen come in for these UTAs uh, or for this July UTA, they're going to hear about uh, that we, we've hit a little bit of a money shortfall. Uh, so can you talk to us a little bit about that and, and, and what's that looking like right now for the week? Absolutely, Chief. I know. And I, I, it's one of my mantras, right? Managing expectations. I want to make sure that they understand uh, going forward what's expected of them and what we're trying to do. So, first and foremost, I know there's a lot of concern out there that uh, uh, that we don't have enough money, right? Um, what I will say is that is not just the 434th. It is entire Fourth Air Force. It is entire Air Force Reserve Command. It is the Air National Guard having issues at all for monetary issues. And there's a myriad of reasons why, but uh, our financial folks are doing their best to try to ensure that we can pay for what all the duty that we need. So I can tell you that what they can expect from me is that I'm going to fight. If somebody wants to do their annual tour or UTA, I'm gonna. I want to fight to get the money for that, and I think we're gonna get there. Uh, but I, I don't want to cancel any UTAs, so that's. I don't want to go there, right? Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that we're taking care of our members. That uh, if they want to come out and perform duty, I want to try to make sure that they are done that. So these are the reasons why, though, when we ask for, hey, we we uh, want to determine at the end of June what the orders will look like, right? When, when people are going to perform their duty so that we can know how much money to budget. So, so we're so, not, we're not just asking those questions to be difficult. There's an actual, there's an actual reason behind, behind it. it. So yeah, Chris so Vanderdose and his prof, uh, finance professionals downstairs. So they know, Hey, we need to money, put money in this account or that account so that we can get those orders funded for individuals and the yeah. UTAs, UTAPs. So that, so individuals may start hearing, well, we're, we're short on 721 or we're short on 727 or, and, and they may not even, know, hey, what's the difference in 721, 727, yep. or, or anything I, I like that? I don't want them to know that. They don't yeah. need to know yeah. that. Right? And so, but, but what you're saying is, hey, annual tour, UTAs, we're going to try to protect that. Yes. What if someone has a, you know, a, a school date you know, in September? Are they safe to, to assume that they're going to be able to do that? So those school dates for centrally funded schools and that, that that's going to happen. All right. That money, if they already have orders in hand, 
that money has already been obligated and it's accounted for, right? It's the money that we don't know about because we have we will have individuals in our wing that will say, you know what, I uh, for whatever reason I don't don't want to finish up my last five days of annual tour because I did this training, I'm good on everything, and I'd rather have the rest of my summer off kind of thing, right? So. It's those kind of individuals that we need to know, hey, there's five days that we can take that money that would have been spent on that order and fund these orders over here. So it's those reasons for asking in advance. It's for, uh, again, we harp on people to get your orders, uh, unpaid orders and unpaid vouchers, get them filed so you can get the money because that money is, it's essentially obligated and it's taken and put in a box someplace, if you think of it that way. And if uh, somebody doesn't perform that duty, well, that money still sits in the box. And we can't access that money until, if he didn't perform the duty, then we need to cancel the order and cancel the voucher. And then we will release that money out of the box again back into the coffer so that we can pay another order if need be. Yeah, it's kind of a complicated way that the government does their budgeting. It's very and, complicated. And, uh, it's not like the rest of us where if you have money in the account, then you can pay your bills. It's, it's we have money in the account, but we're not sure that that money is the right color of money to... Uh, to, to handle certain bills. One of the things that, that Mr. Vandros uh, talked to me this morning about was some of this is due to the fact that uh, this is kind of the COVID hangover. Right. And so yep. uh, when we hit COVID and we started doing virtual UTAs and, and you could do a UTA from your home, well, everybody, there's no reason to reschedule at that point, right? And, right. and so everyone was participating when before we would have a, a limited amount of people that would reschedule and stuff like that. And so this is kind of that COVID hangover, one of the effects from COVID uh, and, and from the budget for COVID. But what about an individual that maybe historically they've come out and they've done, you know, uh, five days of orders or, you know, 10 days or 14 days of RPA orders, not annual tour, not UTA, but maybe they've come out and they've done that uh, in the past. Uh, does that, is this going to affect them? I would say, yes, it will probably affect them, but that, de- that depends, right? So the answer to that is it depends on if that duty that they're coming out is considered mission critical, right? If the mission for that unit will fail because they don't, uh, they don't they're not going to come out on orders, then there's a there's a challenge there, right? So then we will that becomes a priority. So when people say, "Hey, we don't have any money," no, we have money. We just have to determine what priorities uh, were to put that money because I don't have enough money to cover a hundred percent of the things that I need to pay for, right? That's not how we're funded, or any unit is funded every year. So we have to move the money around to make sure that we are putting it at the priority level where it needs uh, needs to be paid out, right? Um, and what I want things to keep uh, people to keep in mind also is our FM professionals downstairs are doing our darndest to move this money around to make sure that we're covering. It is nothing that any of our folks on base have done with our money, right? They're doing their best to cover it. And I, and I'm, I have a soft spot in my heart because when you get these very razor thin margins of moving money around, it makes our finance folks very nervous. All right. Because now you're starting to pay for something that you may not have the money for. Uh, and they, that's called an anti-deficiency act violation, and that people can go to jail for that, and we don't want that, right? I like to uh, I like to go home at night. I don't want to see bars if I can avoid that. Yeah. So, um, so just keep that in mind with our uh, our FM professionals. They are doing their best to try to move this money around, and together we're going to make it together to get through this crunch, and uh, we're going to put some things in place so that we can 
shore up our bottom line. Last question, sir. Uh, if someone you know is driving and listen to this or or uh, listen to or whatnot, and um, they have questions about their own individual uh, circumstance, so go to their supervisor. That's that's where I would say start. Start with your supervisor. Talk with them. Go, hey, this is this is my situation, uh, and the supervisor can give good recommendations. And uh, if they want to go through that, hey, I'd like to reschedule my uh, or schedule my AT during this time frame, work through your supervisor. If they say, hey, I don't want to, I'd rather get excused for those last five days of AT, go through your supervisor, right? But we're doing some things in place. I'm trying to limit it. Uh, I'm not allowing people to reschedule their UTAs. So they're, if they're at the primary UTA, great. If they can't make the primary, it's going to be excused. Um, if you're on a long-term order or an order over the UTA, then they're going to consider, be considered constructively present for the UTA. So I hold myself to the same standard because I canceled, as you know, I canceled my Sunday UTA, consider me constructively present when I went out to Altus for recall. So, um, so we're all doing our part and we're just, we're just going to make, try to do our best to make ends meet. But I, I want the folks to know that I am fighting diligently to, uh, cover AT and uh, UTAs. Those are priorities to me. Yes, sir. And I appreciate you taking the time coming in and clear some of this up. And I know that uh, it's not always easy information, but uh, this is one of those things where uh, the culture that we're trying to create here is a culture that people should be open about their plans. People should be open about what their the future looks like. And we want to be transparent as their leaders, Absolutely but we also agree. need them to be transparent on, hey, here's Here's what I'm, I'm planning on doing the rest of the year or, or, so that we can make some plans and, and we sh- can best budget the money that we're given and be good stewards of the money we're given. And, and that goes both ways, right? So if they say, hey, I'm not going to do AT and they want to get it waived, okay, great, and we'll waive it. But I can't have people come to me in the third week of September and go, hey, those last five days AT, I'd like to do them. Uh, sorry, you know, we, that ship has sailed. And we got to stay ready. We got to stay ready. And the same note for, hey, I'm going to do my last five days of AT on the first week of September. And we cut the orders. They will be here for those five days of AT in September. They can't call to me that uh, call the unit the day before and go, yeah, I'm. I'm I decided I'm not going to do yeah, those days. Weather's nice. The lake, the waves are, are exactly, perfect today. Right. Yeah. I, I obligated that money. We took. We made that money a priority for you. I need you to perform the duty. So again, that you can get, you can maintain your readiness, and uh, help your unit out. So. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, Chief. Appreciate it. Yeah, have a good one. And today we're going to talk to uh, Senior Emma Mitchell about the opportunities that she took, uh, that she found and, and took in, in making phenomenal changes in her life. But I want to take this opportunity to remind you that Grissom has numerous opportunities out there for you as far as employment, as well as your spouses or, or loved ones or friends or just great individuals that you may know of. So I want to encourage you to t- check out USA Jobs and, and search for Grissom and see what all jobs are out there. And then just ask around uh, when you're here for the UTA, ask around if they know of any job opportunities or openings here at Grissom, if that's something that interests you. All right, here uh, with me as always is uh, Josh Weaver. Josh, uh, Sergeant Weaver is in our public affairs. He's the one that puts all this together. He's like the, uh, are you the production manager? I'm trying to get him a mic because he doesn't want to talk, but uh, is that what you call yourself? Like a production producer? You're the producer of this? This uh, three-person show that we have going on here? So uh, as always, I have Josh with us, but we also have Senior Airman Mitchell. So Senior Airman Mitchell has, uh, works over in our aerial port squadron, the 49th, and uh, also works for our IRT uh, on base. I'll let her explain that a little bit more, uh, but welcome. 
Hi, thank hey. you for having me. Yeah. So is this your first time in the executive conference room? It is. I'm, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's uh, it's not quite the uh, the the podcast scenario that you probably thought of or, or have mm-hmm. seen. Do you follow? Do you listen to any podcasts? No, no, no. Are you not a radio person at all? Not at all. No. So you do you listen to music, Gil? I do. I love music. Yeah, just no podcasts. No podcast. No podcast. I'll listen to this one though because I'm on it. Yeah, okay, just this one. Like you won't listen to Big the other. Fan of myself. Okay, all right, good, good. Hey, well, that's uh, that's a good start. That the first thing on what uh, uh, what you're into. So uh, tell us a little bit about you. Like, uh, who are you? Where where are you from? Um, senior Emma Mitchell. I'm 20 years old. I'm from the Chicago land area, South suburbs. Mm-hmm. Can't really say Chicago. Everyone's gonna beat me up. Yeah. Um, so you're in the South suburbs. Yes. So I've. I've it's one of my things with walking around and when I meet people from Chicago, I like to ask them, well, how long does it take you to get home? If you went to your home in, in Chicago, how long would it take you to Two get home? Two hours and 27 minutes. Yeah. So it, it varies anywhere from, I know the people that are right at two hours yeah. aren't really in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I know the people that are like three and a half hours, they're on like the north end of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's interesting though that there's an hour and a half difference you know, between some people saying that they live in Chicago yeah. Uh, so we just spent uh, this last weekend in Chicago, first time there, other than being at the airport. So, yeah. Do you, li- you like it there? Will you, I mean, is that like your hometown? Like you go back to that area? Uh, I love it. Would I stay there? No. Oh, okay. I need to get out. Oh, I need here. to go see the world. All right. So is your family there? Yes. Most of my family is there. I have some people down south spread out. Yeah. Do I talk to them? No. Okay. Do I love them? Yes. So who all is there? Mom and dad? Uh, uh, mom, stepdad, brothers, yeah. they come home when they're not in college, mm-hmm. nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, okay. cousins. How many, how many brothers and sisters you got? About nine brothers. Nine brothers. I'm so you, the baby and the only girl. Okay. So your mom kept trying until she got it right, right? And then, so Something she, like yeah, that. Something yeah. like that. So, so nine, you have, you have nine brothers. Okay. And, uh, it, the age, age range there. So you're 20. You're the baby. What's your oldest brother? How old is he? 49? 49. 50, something okay. like that. He's old. Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy with the old Oh, comment. sorry. sorry. Right. My apologies. Like, I'm, not, I'm not quite there, but, but it's, it's getting closer to a reality than, than, than what once was. And then any of them in the military? Nope. So I'm you're the, the only one. military? I'm the star. Yeah. My dad, he was in the Marine Corps, but okay. mm-hmm, retired. Okay. And then you, you got a big, so you, big family. Mm-hmm. So you guys get together a lot, like Thanksgiving, pretty crazy around your, your immediate family. Yeah. I'm not as close as I'd like to be with all my brothers, but yeah, the majority yeah. of them are, they come around when they can. I have one brother and sometimes it's, it seems like it's hard catching up with him. I can't imagine nine. Uh, just how do you, how do you keep tabs? Are you guys? I don't. You don't. <laughs> this is the social media. Are you watch them through social media or we anything? We conversate on Facebook. I'll like their posts. They like mine. Yeah. It's about as far as it goes. Yeah. So your Facebook and your any other social media, your TikTok, Superstar, or anything that we need to know about, Instagram, Mm-mm. nothing? Okay. No. All right. Um, so what are your hobbies? Because I know that you and I have talked before, and you are a busy individual. Something like that. Yeah. Oh. I enjoy lifting weights. I'm not as consistent as I should be, but okay. I do enjoy it. I play a few instruments. I love to cook. I love to paint. And listening to music is a big hobby. Yeah. What um, what instruments do you play? I play almost everything in the percussion section. Alto saxophone, bass clarinet, 
I'm okay at the violin. I'm not great. And I'm decent with the piano. Really? And then not like, like the, I've always thought that of my kids who go into band or something and, and it's like, well, you could play the, the clarinet or something like that. I'm like, you want to play a, an instrument that, you know, later in life, you're going to be sitting around on your back patio. Do you just pick up the clarinet at times and play it around your house or is that? The bass clarinet? No, that thing is huge. Yeah. The saxophone though, yes. I will sit on my balcony and bless my neighbors. Yeah. That's a, do they think it's a blessing or is that No, a, probably not. No, no, it's like, so, but, so you, you, have you been in a band or anything like that? Oh like, yeah. I was a huge band nerd. Really? I was the popular athletic band nerd. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Marching band. A lot of people I'll hear them oh, say, yeah, no, yeah. I wasn't in the band. I was in the march band. Oh, we like, were elite undefeated. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Class three right. A. Out of Chicago. Yes. All right. I didn't know Chicago had it like that. That's, uh, that's good. But you, you have another hobby too, right? So are you still doing MMA stuff? No, I slacked a little bit. I All slacked. Right. All right. You know, I get tired of beating up on the the older men in my class. Yeah. Give them a break. You know, let them regain their confidence before I come back and destroy them. Yeah. So yeah, I knew that you were uh, you were doing some MMA stuff there in in Kokomo and um and you but you're not a Kokomo. You're a Peru individual, right? Like yes. You, now I am. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, the metropolis of Peru. What's the uh, what's the nightlife up there? They, you go out at all and McDonald's. hang out. Yeah, yeah, that's where everyone that's congregates. Yep. That's the spot. Ice cream cones on the regular. All right, mm-hmm. all right, that's the spot. Okay, good, good. Um, so, what is? How long you been here at Grissom? Uh, a little over two years. Mm-hmm. And where'd you? Uh, where, where'd your career start? Kind of walk us through that. So, I'll tell the truth. I was enrolled at North Central College. Uh huh private college. I think it's a Christian college. Okay. They wanted 14000 out of pocket every single year. Mm-hmm. I could not afford that. So I was like, you know what? I think I'll call Uncle Sam. He might have something for me. Yeah. I saw a billboard on the Air Force. And I was like, yeah, that seems about right. I think I'm pretty smart. I'll do well there. I'm doing great if you wanted to know. Yeah. Made a call and I went to go talk to my recruiter out in Chicago Ridge, Tech Sergeant Rob, who I believe is a Master Sergeant now. Kudos to him. He got me set up. My process going through MEPS and getting to Grissom was pretty simple, pretty easy. I was like the unicorn in the recruiter's office that had no issues, nothing yeah. in the past. And no they background. loved me. Yeah. yeah, they loved me. They didn't have to run a background check more than once. And they were like, this is great. Well, that's the thing is like if you have nine people in front of you to to make mistakes and you get to to, to learn from theirs. Yeah. You know, you get Just nine watching. people. Give, yeah, Maybe you, I shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you, get the, you get the advice from, from those siblings. So you... You came at Grissom has been your only duty station. Yes, sir. But you work for IRT, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't know what that is. And, and so, so give us a lowdown here on on what is Grissom or what is IRT at Grissom? Okay. So IRT stands for Innovative Readiness Training. Mm-hmm. We are a Department of Defense program where communities across the United States can petition the DOD for community health care at no cost to them. It's a great training opportunity for all of our service members and that goes across every branch, every component. Mm-hmm. Reserve, Guard, Active Duty, Marines of Navy, Air Force, Army, even Coast Guard. We have partnered with Coast Guard in the past when we went up for Arctic Air in Alaska, Kodiak Island. Which you, we just talked to Colonel Pemberton, he came up and visited you up there uh, and, and kind of talked about what you guys did up there mm-hmm. in, in Alaska. Oh, I wish I had specific numbers for you, mm-hmm. but we cared for a lot of folks. We got them the eye care that they needed, medical checkups, some dental care. Did I believe they did a little oral surgery while they were out there. Yeah. Unfortunately, being 20, 
wasn't allowed to rent a car and move around how I wanted to on that island. But I got to see some good stuff. Um, All the providers were just really excited for how our equipment came, which is what I do here at Grissom. So Grissom serves as the combined asset management um, warehouse. So all of our hard assets, things that we send out in the field and expect to get back how we sent them comes from Grissom. Everything that we pack inventory and just manage here comes from Grissom. So so it's uh, I've been over there to see that operation. It's everything from there may be a box full of of DeWalt tools to there may be a box full of dental tools or medical yes, supplies and stuff like that. And we you guys are sides. responsible for for making sure that stuff is packed properly as well as. Yes, sir. We have they- a large team. There's two sides. You have the do we call it combat engineering or civil engineering? Uh, civil engineering. Civil the, yeah. engineering. There we go. Yeah. We have an awesome team over there. They're doing great. They're revamping everything, making it um, more accessible and easier for the end user. You know, mm-hmm. we have to we have to make things easy. Yeah. We expect things to come back the same way that we send them out. So we have to prepare everything at home station and make it easy so that no one's complaining. Oh, it's too hard. Yeah. It doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> so that that's awesome. So it's a very efficient, very effective uh, a program that allows our military members and it, it allows the community to have health care when, when maybe, I mean, you guys went to an island where who knows, you know, doctors or how many dentists or whatever mm-hmm. they have there. And, and so you guys provide that. But also, I mean, you guys got stuff going on in Georgia. You got stuff going on in Missouri. I mean, it's all over the place. Yes, they're all yeah. over. We've even reached out and tried to touch Guam and Hawaii. But, you know, COVID knocked us off our feet. Yeah. We had to recover. But yeah. everything's always improving, making the processes easier for both us and the community partners and whatnot. Yeah. What a phenomenal opportunity. And and uh, thank you for doing that. And and thank you. And and so that is IRT. Um, those Your paycheck is paid by someone outside of Grissom, even though you work here at Grissom. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So awesome opportunity that's out there. And so let's. Let's talk about this. So, so there, that's an opportunity that's here at Grissom um, that that people may not know about. Mm-hmm. But now you're getting ready to start on a, a new adventure. What July third? You report July fifth, somewhere in there. July sixth. Sixth. I say I my close. goodbyes. Very close. July sixth, uh, you report to the Air Force Academy Prep School. Correct. Yes, sir. Okay, and that is in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. So, talk to us about that. Like, what what are you going to do? Essentially, I'm going to turn in my my little three stripes and trade in for number 26. Mm-hmm. In May of 2026, I'll graduate and commission as a second lieutenant, mm-hmm. maybe something greater if I follow a different path. Yeah. But I'm just going to hone my skills in both academics, uh, prepare myself mentally, physically to be a leader in our great Air Force. Okay. So Getting you'll go- my degree, yeah. turn, turning my life around even further. Yeah. So- so you'll go to this prep school mm-hmm. and then will this prep school lead into the academy? Yes, sir. Okay. So how long are you you're supposed to be at the prep school? The prep school is a 10-month program. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is mainly for enlisted members that are trying to get into the academy that may have been out of school for too long yeah. and just stuck in the military lifestyle. And they're trying to get you back into sitting in the classroom for a few hours, working out every yeah. day, yeah. You know, doing things that you should be doing, but... Listen, you're 20 and you said that you've been out of school for too long. I'm 43, so I've probably been out of school for too long. But you are are taking this great opportunity. You know, they would they would look at me and probably say, is our investment long term really worth it? Uh, But the investment, you know, obviously is worth it with you. Mm -hmm. So 
how'd you find out about this? Through one of those emails that we all usually click delete and never think twice about. Yeah. Summer of 2019, it was my first annual tour here at Grissom Home Station. Mm -hmm. And as much as people say they hate Home Station, that opened a wide door for me. I was coined by my commander as outstanding performer. I was there and I was ready to, you know, get into my job, do things like, you know, they hype you up at tech school. Like, yeah, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to Grissom. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. Let's go. Yeah. So I did it. I opened that email and it informed me about the lead program. Uh, you know, just the process of how to go from enlisted at your base to the United States Air Force Academy through, I think they call it the deserving airman slots or whatever. Yeah. There's about 26 to 32 slots allocated every year, I right. believe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you, you open up this email and, and then it's just done magically. You're like, yeah, I'll go. And they're like, hey, cool. Come on. We'll see you in July. Good to go. Because that was 2019, right? When you opened that email? Here we are in 2021. 2021. Just now leaving. Yeah. So, it was a little bit of a process. I will say that um, a lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of paperwork to fill out. But if that's your goal and you really want it, it's nothing that will stop you. Yeah. So, so the, the process, uh, you, you talked a little bit about efficiency and effectiveness and um, earlier with the IRT piece. Or maybe I use those words, but you were you were talking about it's this process that it seemed like it was always efficient. No, I I hit some I have I hit some stumps in the road. I will say that there was there was a few potholes, but you know nothing that I couldn't overcome. Obviously, I had a great leadership standing behind me, always pushing when I felt like it was too late for me. They yelled at me, you know, get it yeah. together, you can yeah. do it. Um, I went from rejected to accepted in one year. Yeah. I was initially rejected when I turned in my application because it was not competitive enough. Like, yes, yeah. uh, my SAT scores were above average for my area where I grew up, mm -hmm. but not above average for the nation and all the international students that I was competing against. Okay. So I took a break, bought some study guides, you know, for the AFOQT, the SAT testing, prepared, prepared. You know, COVID made things a little hard. You know, you can't go in a room with people at first and take a test how we usually do, you know, mass yeah. testing. Um, I worked on it. And honestly, in the meantime, I wasn't necessarily working towards the academy. I was working towards having a successful career as an enlisted airman. So I was doing things that would make me better and inspire the people around me to do better. And it worked out in my favor. The people at the academy, the um, admissions board liked what they saw, turned it around after getting a couple um, recommendations and me filling out some more paperwork, yeah. love paperwork. And, you know, they were like, I think I think we'd like you here. So there's a lot of stuff there I would love to unpack. Uh, you know, the, the fact, uh, number one, that the first time you did this, not only was it a process and there was a lot of hoops to jump through, but you did all those things. And then they came back and they said, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. so, so here's a, a, you know, at that time, you probably weren't senior airmen. Maybe you were A1C or senior airmen, right? And, and it's, um, you're serving in the military. You're doing these great things. You're, you're here and you say, hey, I would like to further this and I want to become an officer. And they say, no, thanks. It, it hurt a little bit. It stung. I will admit that. But had you ever faced anything like that? You seem like a pretty successful, pretty uh, confident individual. Have you ever faced, uh, I mean, this was probably your first real adult no. Yeah, it know? was. It was my first real rejection. Yeah. And, and how, how long did that take you to get, get over that or, or kind of, you know, because you, you have really a couple choices there. One is, hey, 
screw you and screw this Air Force. And if you don't want me, I don't want you either. And you totally go against the Air Force. And now it's like, not only do I not want to be an officer, I don't want to be in the military. And, and, and then there's the other side of it that's like, oh, how dare you tell me no? Like, I'm going I'm to prove to you that, that I'm a yes. And it seems like you took that route. Mm-hmm. But, but sometimes that's a thin line between those two decisions. So I what brought say, you to the other decision? Oh, I will say I was a little sad for maybe a month or two. You mm-hmm. know, uh, everyone, I will honestly say I have a very big supporting squadron behind me and they're growing every day and they're doing amazing over there. Like I believe you told me when you first met me, there's something in the water over there at the port. Yeah. yeah. They were always behind me. like, yeah, you know, this is just one thing. You still have three years. You no, know, there's a cutoff age. I think it's 23 by the mm-hmm. entry of your first year. They're like, you have time. We're going to get you. We're going to get you ready. We're going to do everything we can. They offered me endless opportunities. Hey, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Let's make sure that your next, your first EPR looks amazing. Let's make sure that when we give these recommendations next time, there's no reason that they can say no. They have no reason to say no. Make them say yes. Yeah. So uh, you and I sitting here, we do this interview. You and I, you know, we've talked at the DFAC several times. We both seem to be foodies. And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying that the DFAC is a place where all the foodies hang out, but I'm saying that, that we've talked on, on several times. We've had the opportunity to, to have lunch and, and different things. I know you as a person. And I see you and just from talking to you and, 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 and what you bring to the table, I'm like, it's an amazing individual. But did you get that interview with them or did your records just get that interview? Um, it was a little bit of both. I will yeah. say that my interview was the last thing that they got from me. And it was a little nerve wracking. I was interviewed by a lieutenant colonel that works at the academy. And I was like, this is the end all be all. Was that the first time or the second time? The second time. So the first time. Did you ever get an interview? No, sir. It was so, a flat out no. So nothing, you, no one talked to you, no one, anything like that. Mm-mm. And so it literally was your records interviewed for you. Yes, sir. For that position. That paperwork showed what they were looking for in the first round and I was not it. And so then your leadership, you, you come back, your leadership says, hey, and, and feel free. I mean, you give shout outs as much as you want to, to people that have, have played a role in that and everything. And I love that. Uh, but your leadership comes back and they say, hey, if this is really what you want. Let's go after it. Yes. And so they start throwing things in front of you. Hey, maybe you want to be involved with, with like, what all have you been involved with? Oof. Wing Rising 6. I was a yeah. treasurer. I just vacated my seat to give an opportunity to someone else. Um, well, and you're leaving because so yeah. we don't want to do that. To, to, if I could still be the treasurer while I was there, I would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a member of the Squadron Booster Club as well, mm-hmm. uh, Reservists of America, which used to be Reserve Officers of America. Right. Yeah. But you know they opened it up. My commander, who is now gone and went back to Scott, was the president of that club. Um, ooh, you got me stumped right now. Yeah. What about like stuff? You know, uh, when you were at work, you know they they see this desire in you to do more. So did you feel like you? Um, you had more opportunities because you desired more? Yes, sir. They threw every, almost every program at me. I served as the unit fitness program manager mm-hmm. uh, just until a month ago, the vehicle control officer. I worked to reorganize our um, CDC workbook yeah. to make it easier for people to follow so yeah. that you know those who aren't as efficient with studying can have something different to work through instead of a bunch of letters, a bunch of words, yeah. charts that don't really make sense to them. Yeah. Some, an easier flow for them. I've, they've allowed them to do so much. So, so, so far, everything that you've said, nothing is real 
you know, like none of those are like super sexy jobs, like, right? Like the, those, none of those are like, you know, they, you, you don't sit there and be like, hey, who wants to uh, rewrite the CDC book, you know, the workbook? And then you're like, all right, calm down, everybody. Not everybody can do it. We can only pick don't one. Don't volunteer right? Like, right? Like you, you're doing jobs that, that man, it, it really jobs that probably nobody else wanted to do mm-hmm. or that they were having a hard time finding people to do. Yeah. And another thing is, a lot of things that I decided to do, change, make better, a lot of airmen didn't realize that they had the power to do that. Yeah. So talk about that. Talk about that power. Like, what, what do you mean by that? If you see something wrong, you know, they always say, don't, um, don't bring up a problem if you don't have the solution, solution. to it. You know, you're going to spearhead the issue if you yeah. bring it up. I'm okay with that. If I see a problem and I want to fix it, I will think of a plan to fix it before I present it so that I have a solution with the notification of this problem. And that may be a little daunting to some people, but I think that it's something that we should all try for, you know, challenge ourselves. If you see a process that isn't working in your favor, because your leadership, they haven't been a A1C in a a pretty long time. Right. But, you know, they they see big picture, you see small tidbit. Yeah. If you see something that isn't working at your level, try to change it, try to change the process. And there's all they can say is no. Man. They may say it, not so nicely, but yeah. all they can say is no. And so I will challenge all the leaders out there. I mean, you hear this and, and you hear her talk about wanting to change this process. And, and sometimes as, as leaders, we get in this process of like, no, you're not, we're not going to change it. This is why is because this is the, the why understanding the why helps a lot. Yes, sir. But, but I'm a big fan of here's how we get to a yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to change this process, this is how we get to it. And it kind of sounds like that's what your leadership did with you mm-hmm. is they said, Hey, if you, if that's what your end goal is, this is how you get to that yes. And so, and, and you're right. There, it has been, I mean, if you look at from the time I was in A1C, I was in A1C in 1997. I mean, you were born. 2000. Yeah. Late 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I haven't been a, a senior airman. I wasn't even your rank, you know, that was 2000. I, I pinned on staff in 2001. Like it's, they're, they're, it's a long time. And some, it is easy to forget, you know, what it's like to be in those, those shoes. And so, man, I really appreciate you, you bringing that up of, hey, it's it, presented in a way that it's like, hey, not, not in the, and I know we, we have rapport and stuff like that, not in the way of, hey, listen, you're old and um, you probably don't get this, but the rest of us don't care for the, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But in a way of, hey, this is how this affects us and, and, us moving forward in the goals that we want to have, this is this is the direction we would love Completely to Completely agree. As long as your airmen are empowered at their young rank, I think that it will be continuous improvement throughout your yeah. squadron, throughout your wing, all of that. I love it. And so did you feel like, um, so so you, you went through this process, your records met the board the first time, uh, the records didn't speak to them. And, and like you said, you, you had great scores for, for your area and where you were at. And in your life and your perspective, you probably looked at your records and you were like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and they give you the first adult no that's like, hey, uh, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And you're like, hey, I'm not accepting that. And, and so now your leadership comes alongside you and says, hey, here's a bunch of opportunities. Mm-hmm. You decide I'm going to resubmit. It, forever grateful, forever grateful. Chief Master Sergeant Conley, uh, Senior Master Sergeant Frank, Chief Master Sergeant Stephen Wiltberger. Yeah. Chief Wiltberger gave me the opportunity to work for IRT. Off of a simple question, I asked him, hey, what do you do during the week? And he was like, I do this. And he showed me the warehouse. And I was like, I'd like to do this. And that was it. Yeah. The next Monday after UTA, I was like, I got an email. No, I got a call 
hey, drugs can work for IRT. You have to work outside. You might get a little dirty. You might be cold. And I was like, that's fine. It's great. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. I like food with my meals, so I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So that that's that's amazing. The second time around, mm-hmm. um, same process, right? Same exact process. So so same frustrations. Yes. As the first time. Yes. A little so, bit more because they gave me a lot more paperwork to do. Yeah. So you so you're battling this again and you're like, but but your your end goal is this this is where I want to be. And why did you think that's where you wanted to be? It sounds cliche, it sounds cheesy, but I want to make a difference. Oh, and man. I think that I've done that thus far in my career. And if I can get to a position where people have to listen to me, Mm -hmm. they can't shoot me out of their office, which, you know, I got to start all over, butter bar, nothing wrong with that. But if I can get to that position and make it easier for the people that may want to follow in my footsteps, Mm -hmm. that see me, people that look like me, think like me, act like me, they can see that I can get to where they want to be. Maybe people won't be so shy. Maybe people will follow the lead program, chase all the deserving airman slots that they can and get where they want to be. Yeah. Uh, again, it's just such a, an amazing story and, and, and uh, the perseverance that takes to, to get to this spot, right? To get to this opportunity. Um, what's your end goal with this? Like what, it, and, and, and by the way, saying that you want to make a difference doesn't sound cliche to me at all. Because now, it, because I think what your make a difference is, your life is kind of a byproduct of, of you making a difference, right? Is you want to make a difference for other people. Because when you said talk about making a difference, you talked about someone else seeing that maybe came from, you know, uh, um, who, who, again, we're on a podcast, so nobody can see anything that you look like or what I look like, right? But people who look like me or talk like me or, or can relate to my story or can move forward, you want to see that this is a spot where they can get to and inspire those people to do it. There's nothing cliche about that at all, because if it was cliche, you wouldn't have put forth the effort to get to this point. And, and so I totally believe it. And I will tell you that from, from an old dude, from your perspective, right, is from a guy that's, that's going to be stepping out of this military mm-hmm. in a few years. And I, and I always think, talk about this is I want to know that because I'm an ownership person. This is my Air Force. Yeah. I want to know that I'm leaving my Air Force in good hands. And I look at you and, and going on to the officer side and knowing what you're going to inspire in, in officers as well as in enlisted. Man, I, uh, I'm, I feel like we're in great hands. You know, I watch these airmen leave out of here on, on Tuesdays to go to basic training, and I think you'll be the ones that are leading them. Like, like they'll have you as a commander. I'll do my best. Like, and, and I know that you, you will. And I also know that for someone like you now moving forward into the officer position, you're going to look at them and be like, what can I be learning from them? Yeah. What, what, can, what do they have to say? Like when I was in their shoes and I had something to say, what do they have to say right now that I should be listening to? And, and, and man, I, I love that. But where do you, you're obviously doing this because like I said, you want to make a difference, but What's the end goal with this? Where do you see yourself? So you're fast forward 20 years because mm-hmm. you're 20 right now. So you, you put yourself at my age, right? What do you, what do you foresee yourself? Where, what do you, where do you think you'll be? Hmm. 
I'll tell you what my goal is. And okay. I told this to the officers that were interviewing me. They asked, what do you want to do at the academy? What degree do you want to pursue? And unfortunately, they don't have psychology. They mm-hmm. have behavioral science, which is just as great. And I'm going to chase it as far as I can go. Because throughout my life, I've watched too many of my friends, family, loved ones suffer with things that I could not help them with completely. Mm. And mental health is a big issue for the United States, the world in general, the, especially the military. We're losing our brothers and sisters every day at an alarming rate. And yeah. there were some of my friends from that I could not help. I did not have the tools. I was not prepared. I was a kid. I did the best that I could, but I could not help everyone. And it's unfortunate, but I've learned from those mistakes and I want to continue to learn and get that degree and most likely get my doctorate and just be able to be that person. I never want anyone to leave a conversation with me, leave my office, leave my workspace, anything, feeling like they did not get what they needed from our conversation, that they did not get to say what they needed to say, that they didn't get off what was on their chest. I want to be that person, regardless if I'm in the mental health field or not. If I'm a pilot, I want everyone in my squadron to be able to come talk to me. If your flight was rough today, you freaked out a little bit, that's fine. Let's come talk about it. What could you have done differently? What can we improve here on the ground so that when you're up there in the air, you don't freak out next time. Man, I'm not sure the academy is ready for you. Like, I really, I don't know. I, you, you just you better get ready. Yeah, you better get ready. There you, she's coming. She's coming. I, I don't know if anybody from the academy listens to this. <laughs> I doubt it. But uh, that's amazing. And and, um, and I'll tell you that, you know, just being around you and, and seeing you interact and stuff like that is, is I feel like you already have that now. You, you're already, we don't have the paper behind it. And you're wanting more education behind it, right? You're, you're wanting more of a, a, hey, not only am I going to be able to help you with this, is, is I'm going to be able to have the resources re- readily available yes, sir. for you, this, uh, for, for you to, to help you through this process. Um, that's a phenomenal goal. What, what advice would you have for someone, uh, maybe not in your shoes right now, because I feel like you're pretty well put together, but, but if... Say someone's not, you know, so you got another Chicago individual out there or, or any city really. And, you know, they're an airman that's sitting there and they're like, man, I feel, I feel powerless. You know, I, I feel like there's so many changes I could make. I don't know how to make them. I don't feel like the, I relate. I don't feel like any of those pieces. What advice you got to them? It's okay to be uncomfortable. I tell people that all the time. If I was never uncomfortable at my unit, and not in a bad way, not that I didn't think anyone accepted me or people didn't like me. If I wasn't uncomfortable with the way things were going and the way things were being done, I never would have made a change. Mm. It's okay to have that uncomfortable feeling. Don't Mm. stick with it, though. Yeah. Don't let it consume you. Make someone else comfortable. If you're uncomfortable, there's a reason why you're uncomfortable, and you're probably not the only one. It is a-okay to be uncomfortable, but it's not okay to let everyone else be uncomfortable and stay uncomfortable. Just don't give up. Make them tell you no. That's what I was told. Make them tell you no. You may think that they're going to say no, and that's fine, but make them tell you no. And make them give you a why. Yeah. And then what, what happens uh, in your case is... Force them to say yes. Yeah. They gave you a, they gave you a path to a yes. They did. Mm-hmm. And you took it. I did. Man. Um, one of the ways that I, I like to end this is uh, with something I call, what are you loving? And so... What are you loving is just can be anything you want. It could be anything from a, a, a new watch to a new video game to anything you want. Uh, Sergeant Roscoe, he's 
the, the probably the weirdest guy we've had on here. I feel comfortable saying that. We've only had three guests. Um, and I, I feel comfortable. I feel like he would agree with me on that. And, and so, it, but, but what's something you're loving right now? Hmm. Short, simple answer. My dog. Yeah. She's at home every day waiting for me when I get off of work. And it just makes my day so much better. Yeah. She's huge. She's a Doberman Pinscher, full size. Still puppy. She turned one on Saturday, but she's huge. And whenever she sees me, her, her face just lights up and she'll sit and she'll wiggle until I pet her and she'll wait and she'll go. <laughs> yeah. And she'll just, she'll wait for it as soon as I release her. Yeah. It's crazy. It just makes my day so much better. What's happening? What's her name? Demi. What is it? Demi. Demi. What's happening with Demi while you're going to the academy? She's going to bless my mom's house. Oh, with yeah. Yep. <laughs> does mom know what's happening? Yeah, she does. She's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is she excited? Probably not. I don't know. She's not ready she for that. She tries to pretend like she doesn't love my dog, but I know she does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day. Mm -hmm. And I know that uh, that you, you have a lot of wrapping things up and loose ends to tie up before you get out of here. Uh, but... On behalf of, of Grissom, I want to say thanks for what you've done here already. Um, and we're proud of you. Man, we're proud of you. And, and uh, I'm sure there's a whole lot of people behind you that are proud, but, but your military family is proud of what you've done. And uh, I think that this is definitely one that the Air Force got right with sending you to, to, to become an officer, as well as I'm excited for our future uh, by talking to you. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Appreciate the faith. Yeah. Have a good one. You too. All right. So what am I loving? Man, we, uh, we just put in a, a patio uh, out back of our house. And, and I tell you, we have spent more time out there screened in, of course, because there's bugs out here. Something we weren't used to coming from, from the West. We didn't have bugs. I got used to not having bugs. And so... Uh, we built a screened-in patio, and we have spent uh, so much time out there. I mean, even last night I was out there watching the uh, the NBA games, and and uh, it came a torrential downpour, and it was just nice to listen to the rain hit the roof and watch the game and just relax and unplug. And so uh, that's what I'm loving right now. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to another Fuel podcast. Uh, I want to thank Josh Weaver, as always. Sergeant Weaver is doing a phenomenal job here. And I want to encourage you as we come uh, to this July UTA, uh, there's some things that are, are out there that uh, exercises and whatnot. Are we going to do this? Are we going to do that with the money stuff or, or whatever it is? But we, we heard from Senior Airman Mitchell today. And I would encourage all of us to take that same attitude is, what are we uncomfortable with in our squadron? What is it in our, our area that we can control that uh, we want to get involved with? And what are the jobs maybe that no one else wants to do, but maybe we could do to help our squadron be better? So we look forward to seeing you guys. Uh, drive safe, and we'll see you soon.